Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I learned a lot about pool covers this week. I didn't really want to, but I did anyway. How fun. The grocery store was out of hummus, so all I got was a scolding for not having my mask over my nose. Oh, Heather. Remember that day that the sun didn't come out on the entire West Coast of the U.S.? Uh, yeah. You mean when the shadows were bright orange and I breathed in a pound of smoke? Kind of hard to forget, Sarah. <laughs> Such a good day. Such a good day, the show that wants you to do just that. I'm Sarah I'm Heather Frank, and it's also about the absurdity of everyday life, which you know we're all experiencing way more these days. Man, are we ever have. I don't (laughs) even know. Like, I don't even know. Like, every single week, I'm like, is it going to be weirder than last week? And it always is. It is. It's so funny. It, you know, I talk to a variety of people all the time and it's like, we're always, it's almost, it's just laughable. It's like, well, not laughable. It's, it's cry. It's like, I cry and then I laugh and then I laugh and then I cry. It's like, you know, it, you think that how could it get even any worse, but then it does. And it's like, <laughs> it's really, the sky it just is now. Girl. Last year I read The Road, you know, by Cormac McCarthy. It's also a movie with Viggo Mortensen. And it's a great book. It is a great book. I love Cormac McCarthy, but I kind of regret reading it because I've been thinking a lot about The Road since the sky has been orange. And I'm mm, it, it's making mm-hmm. me feel like we're just inching closer and closer to this kind of apocalyptic world. And I wish I didn't read it because it kind of scarred me a little bit. It's a good book. It's a it's a difficult read. It's funny that you mention this because my mother, who is a voracious reader, mm-hmm. she reads so many more books than I do, you know, and, you know, I, I sometimes kind of go like, oh, what about this book or this book? Um, you know, like, you know, because I want to be part of the conversation. The thing about The Road, for anybody who's not familiar with Cormac McCarthy's style, is... I'm a person who like, I, I have, it's hard, it's hard for me to pay attention to things. And sometimes I look at a couple pages and I'm like, there's no dialogue. <laughs> it's going to be all just like description, it, it, just description. Oh, I love and, that though. Well, but you know, because I like, you know, dialogue to me is like, oh, that's like TV. Sure. It's like, you know, that's how you're like, yeah. you know, 
cutting up stuff. Yeah, that's true. But when I first, you know, the book at first, I was like, I don't think I can do this. And then I was like, I kind of liked it. Yeah. And then I got into it. And then I was cool with it. It was a page and it was I actually think it was a very good book. I think the key, honestly, because it is harder and harder to read books, like not uh, not listen to audiobooks, but actually read a book. Uh, I think you got to get through like 70 pages or something. I think that's the rule of thumb. But real quickly, speaking of books, I feel like I've been getting... Like I had a whole new slew of books I wanted to read that were just from my own research, you know, a variety of things. Like I think it was like Ali Wong's new, you know, book. She's a comedian. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there are some mm-hmm. older titles that I, I didn't read back in the day that I'm trying to pick up uh, um, and keep up with. And then I've got like, I'm not kidding. I've had like 10 people recommend books to me that I've bought like on, on Amazon and the local bookstore. I have the biggest stack of books right now that I think will get me through the winter, but I'm a little overwhelmed by it. You know, it's like, I've got my audiobooks, I've got my regular books. Don't really feel like I have that much time to sit down and, and peel open a book, like, and sit for two hours and read a book. But when I go for walks and stuff, I'll listen to audiobooks, which is a lot easier to get through. But I don't want to be that person that just listens to audiobooks. Like, I want to be a real, I used to be a voracious reader and I would like to, I'd like to continue that. So we'll see this winter. That's my plan is to get myself back yeah. into like the rhythm. It might it. be you might feel different like on a rainy day where you're like I mean, I got 5 hours totally. to like, you know, like I don't want to go outside right now. It's just like wet and horrible. You might you might feel differently and it might be kind of cool. And my you know? dad the other day said that he had a really cool like wood-burning fi- like stove fireplace that he bought years ago. He's like, you guys should just install it in the house. We'll, we'll like, we'll do it. We'll put it. So we're going to get a wood burning stove, which will create a really nice ambiance for reading. So I'm excited for that. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, Heather, uh, <laughs> the last week has been apocalyptic to say the least. Uh-huh. Um, and we can, I don't know, anybody who's not on the West Coast kind of, um, some of you understand what, you know, we've been going through and some of you are like, "Uh," you know, because that's what happens when you're not near something that is, you know, this huge thing. But, um, it was really fucking crazy. Um, on, what is it? Friday now when we're recording this. So on Wednesday morning I woke up and the sky was dark And I woke up later than I usually wake up. I'm a pretty early riser, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm, I'm up at 6am, you know, I got shit to do, Hmm. you know, I, I make my coffee. Yeah. I got to walk, walk the, walk the dog, the whole thing. And I woke up at 830 and it was like, so discombobulated and was like, what is, I don't what day is it? Like, I don't know what's happening, you know? And I had to take the garbage out. And so I did taking the garbage out at my house is like, you know, there's like four different bins. It's like kind of a thing, you know, Mm -hmm. it's going to take me like 30 minutes, you know? And I'm like, I'm looking at the sky, like, where am I? What is happening? Very disorienting. And, you know, before I even was able to ping you, Heather, you said to me, like, are you are you in the dark? Because I'm in the dark. And we are we are not, you know, neighbors. No. Right? Like Mm-mm. we're, you know, we're we're There's in, hundreds of miles between us. Exactly. California, big states. <laughs> um, you know, Heather's way at the top. I'm kind of, you know, 
in the middle and then there's you know the bottom but i asked a couple of people in la i was like are you in the dark and they were like no nah, i mean it's hazy but like mm -hmm. no not in the dark there yeah like not really not a big deal um and anyway um and i had to you know again like walk my dog and you know do various things that i do in the morning anyway and i was like this is the craziest thing i've ever seen like it really felt like a horror movie. Oh, it was, yeah. It felt like Blade Runner, like, or yeah, yeah some horror movie. I know. I, I was going through my head of like all the movies that it felt like, you know, it was, uh, it was, it's really hard to explain if you, if you're not experiencing it. Totally. Even though the, uh, I tried to take uh, photos on my iPhone of the orange sky and it like whited out. It's like, it was weird. It was not like a, uh, what you see is what you get. I did the same thing. There were a couple, like, yeah, I, I sent pictures to people and I'm like, but it's worse than I this. added a filter to make it what it really looked like because I was like, this is not correct. It it was, it, it's hard to explain how weird it was, you know, for anybody who's like not in the area and most of you aren't and we know that. Um, the, uh, you know, there are a lot of fires across California right now, a lot. And apparently a couple of days ago, the um the smoke from kind of the lingering smoke from the fires was above a marine layer and so it was sort of like it was blocking up the sun but actually not like as uh dangerous as it would be if it was closer to you know what you're breathing mm -hmm. and it just it became a very very strange well, thing. and the sun was a red circle i mean it was literally a bright red oh, yeah. purple, like in the white marine layer it was weird that there was no sea breeze at all. Cause I mean, I'm a right on the cliff of the ocean. There's always some kind of air circulating, even if it's not like windy, nothing. It's been completely just so stagnant. It's very bizarre. So that adds to the kind of strange sci-fi uh, environment. Absolutely. So, I mean, to kind of, you know, come full circle to like, what does it all mean? Well, frankly, I don't know. But I I was I was thinking like, you know, did, did I ever feel fear like this, like the weirdness that I felt the other day when I was a kid? Mm -hmm. And, you know, because I felt as, a, you know, a, a single adult, you know, who's like, you know, gets up in the morning and does her thing and works and and then goes to bed. It's like, I feel like I have it mostly together. But when when you get that spidey sense, mm -hmm. you're like, eh, I don't know. I don't know about all this. You know, like something's really wrong here. Did I really ever feel like that as a kid? Mm. And I was thinking about it like my parents and I, because I grew up not far from where I live now, where it's, you know, it's country and, you know, there's storms and trees fall and, you know, people, you know, there's fires and that sort of thing. Fires, not so much, you know, back in the day, but, but, but it was definitely a thing. It's like, I remember there being, I, I think it was like my parents just took care of all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that like, you know, there were times where, you know, like, there have been times that my parents were like, okay, we got to pack up. We're going to go to a motel for the night. You know, it just, we just can't be here. And I was like, why? And they were like, well, there, there a tree might fall on the house or something. We got to go. And I'm like, okay, fine. You know, whatever. And, you know, as a kid, 
there's so many things that adults have to like figure out that kids just don't understand. No, the kid kids. I mean, I think you probably don't remember it like you did the other morning when you woke up and it was dark because you can't really comprehend it. You're not totally understanding the situation. So it's not as scary in a way. Totally. And if I would have been a kid and been like, mom, why is the sun not out? She would have like come up with some sort of an answer and we would have had, you know, ice cream or, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, like the power of these like memories of like how much, um, and you know, again, those of us, uh, who are lucky enough to, you know, have had uh, uh, parental figures that, you know, did things for us. And not everybody has had the same situation. But that kind of thing, like, I really look back on there, there are some like, kind of crazy shit that happened. Yeah. But as a kid, I just didn't know. Because somebody else was always taking care of it. And also, apparently, your memory really does, like, looking back on life, you don't really remember the super scary stuff like which is kind of remarkable when you think about it like your mind remembers the kind of good stuff and not the stresses but yeah when there was that big earthquake in my hometown you know where school was out like there were tremors for days it it like made the downtown of my uh of the city like a rubble um and i was in high school i was like i think i was a sophomore um but i remember it was, it was 1989 yeah. So, okay. So maybe I was yeah. a freshman. I don't know. Anyway, I, yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I remember it being scary, but I don't remember that feeling of being scared. I remember situations that had happened during those days, like that, like, you know, things fell off the, the wall and, and that kind of thing. But I don't remember feeling any fear like that. That's a memory I don't have as a child, which is interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, sort of speaking of, this is actually like uh, a, a decent segue into what I what I wanted to discuss. But you know, I the other day, um, my dad was like, you know, I don't remember what the context was, but I think we were talking about just like what's going on in the world, and there's a lot of crazy stuff in the news every day, and that kind of thing. And we were talking about something in relation to like a news story, and you know, he he kind of you know, um, taps the the side of my head or something and goes, you know, you've always been such a dreamer. And, you know, I think it was something about, we were talking about people who can't sleep because of the, of what's happening in the world right now. It's like really hard to get to sleep because people are stressed and whatnot. And I'm like, God, I slept like a baby last night. And he was just like, well, that's because you are able to compartmentalize like reality. And I, really was, I thought about that a lot this week and how good I've kind of always been at, I mean, sure, I'm affected as anyone else who isn't sleeping at night. I'm obviously very worried about stuff, but I look back on my life and how often I've been able to kind of, I don't know, create sort of like a, uh, sort of like use my imagination to kind of drift away from reality at least part of the time. And I realized, you know, my dad was sort of like not, he wasn't disappointed that I was a dreamer, but he was like kind of trying to shake me back to reality to like talk about real stuff. And I'm like, sometimes I just don't want to talk about real stuff all the time. Like, cause it's just, and I'm not going to be able to sleep at night and I'm going to be depressed. And so for (laughs) me, I told him, I was like, look, like, 
my sister and my dad are really grounded in reality. They've always been very pragmatic and like they're Capricorns. It's like very, I just feel very different, like fundamentally. And I really am embracing this skill. I think I, I think especially now with all the, the chaos in the world, I love that I can escape and I can shift my mood and get lost in my imagination and like a visual little world that I can create with my mind, get my mind off of serious things. And, you know, maybe it's a way of like, you know, we don't have a lot of control right now. Maybe it's like letting go of control and letting kind of my mind take, take me away. You know, I remember even when I decided to live abroad, you know, I had this total storybook impression of what Paris was from like the books I read and, you know, and when I went there, it was like kind of harsh because it was reality. It was cold. It was gray. The streets were dirty. You know, there was like a lot of the stuff that I didn't, I couldn't create in my imagination because why would I, you know? And then I get there right, and I'm like, right. oh my God, this is like real life. And I, I always found like reality can be really harsh. So maybe I've created this way to cope with, uh, uh, you know, negative situations. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking like, what could I do with this skill? Cause I'm really thinking it's kind of a skill now, um, to be productive and constructive, like with this skill, like obviously the, you know, lowest hanging fruit is like, write a story, um, you know, make a movie, like do something creative, with this imagination, letting my mind kind of wander into like a different world um, kind of thing. Anyway, it was just kind of a, a little bit of a, a little stream of consciousness, but um, you know, and obviously escapism that, you know, it's like people immediately think, oh, video games and movies, which is totally part of it. Um, but yeah, the definition of escapism is like trying to create a diversion from unpleasant things that happen in daily life, you know? So I just find the whole thing fascinating, just the whole concept of it. I don't know if you're an escapist, Sarah, or, or you're a realist. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I've, I've never really thought about that. I, I definitely like to avoid things. <laughs> um, but I don't necessarily think that I'm like, you know, escaping reality yeah that's you know re reality is something that quite honestly the the fact of what reality is really like is what you know sometimes ruins my day mm -hmm. and I, I i can't do anything about that because i know it's reality but i do but i know what you mean i know you know like sort of like just sort of kind of the joy of saying all right I mean, we're humans. We're not on this earth to just be like super bummed out and like freaking out and like have a bad time 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. That's going to happen. But like, that's not why we're here. No. So if you can figure out, you know, how to like find the joy, mm -hmm. right? You know, like, oh, there's a beautiful flower over there. Or, you know, the oh, the sun hit me a certain way. Or, you know, whatever yeah. it is, like little stuff. I think that, that that is important. And more than ever, I mean, people are struggling. Yeah, right now. and there's bad stuff that happens all the time. I mean, it's not like bad stuff is only happening now. But like, you, yeah, you have to find a way to deal with it. Or you're, you'll, I don't know, like you just 
you won't be able to sleep at night ever, which is really bad. Well, okay. So <laughs> moving on, um, this is this is something that it actually totally plays into what we're already talking about. But I have always been a grammar Nazi. I consider myself very good at this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I for for my job, I do a lot of stuff that requires like me to write, you know, copy every day where I'm going to be reading it later. Mm-hmm. Um, used to do that in TV. Now I do that in podcasts, but same idea. And when people mess up, you know, I'm always like, oh my God, I'm like such a dumb mess up that you, you know, just made like, oh my God, it's and it's like, come on, you know, <laughs> so easy. And I know that I'm kind of an asshole about it sometimes, um, but I can't, I can't help it because that's just what, you know, I know I'm good at it. And, you know, I've always, I've always kind of been like, well, you know, everyone else like get better at it. Right. So, so, so today I had to laugh because AP style, which is, you know, this, this is, you know, how, how a lot of us, um, journalist, uh, at least talk said that you can use less even when fewer is the correct term. And the the tweet that I saw was from a person that I don't know, but uh, they, they said verbatim, apparently AP style now says that you can use less even when fewer is correct. And so 2020 continues to plumb new depths. (laughs) That's funny. I, yeah. I, and I was like, like, I totally get this, but I was like, you know, there are a lot of people who like, don't even get this. Like, it's not a joke, Mm-mm. but like, it's kind of a, like a ha ha, you know, like quote, quote kind of joke, like fewer or less or more or, um, um, over kind of thing. Like there are a lot of grammar things that I realize, honestly, as I, you know, I have gotten older that like, I, I know the difference and that's cool, but I think it's wrong for me to kind of like hold that over other people as much as I have for so long, Mm -hmm. because there's just so many different ways that our vernacular is now that. I don't know how much it matters anymore. I agree. I mean, in a way, like that's the one, that's a really interesting thing about knowing a foreign language like French is there, they do not like have all this liberty with the language. Like English language takes so many liberties and, and there's so much slang and there's so, that's why foreigners have such a hard time learning it because there's so many exceptions to the rule. There's just so many wacky um, you know, wacky vernaculars and that kind of thing. Um, and you know, there's a lot of languages in the world that don't do that. That I mean, they have there's usually slang with any language, but not to the extent the English language. Yeah, and there's new words being put into the dictionary all the time, um, and new things being created, which is really exciting. I think I think it's really cool. I love I love the new slang, and I, I kind of I do too. Yeah, and I I, I really like you know, again, as like somebody who is like, I'm good at English. Like I always, I, I've, I've always been good at it. You know, like I, I, I really mess up, but like, there are a lot of things that, whereas I don't know, 10 years ago, I might be, you know, say like Heather, look at, look at your dumb mistake. And you'd be like, Oh God, what a mistake. And now it's like, it doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting 
And I've had to kind of check myself a little bit, like, all right, you know, you got to just like, let that stuff go the way that you would let lots of like societal things go that mm -hmm. maybe mattered more and don't as much now because we're in a different world. We are. And, you know, I've noticed, um, you know, sometimes uh, even last night I was reading an article on my phone. I, I, I was like psychology today or some, some like real site. Um, and it was so screwed up, like the punctuation and the formatting and the spelling and the spacing. <laughs> and there's a lot of that these days. And I think, I know some people who are writers, you know, like uh, such as yourself, who who you know really bothers them. Other people don't care. It's like the lighting thing. It's like some people don't care that the lighting is blue, and you know, or and then other people <laughs> really care. So it's I I care. I mean, I'm kind of a grammar Nazi too. Maybe not as much as you, but maybe it's coming from television, and we kind of had to be because a lot of uh, editors are bad spellers. I'm 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 just going to generalize here. Most editors that I've worked with have been men. There's a lot of women editors, don't get me wrong, but most of the ones I've worked with in television have been men and most of them have been terrible spellers. And so I've, I've being a producer as Sarah is, you really have to watch, you know, they're the ones that are putting together the text in post-production. And so you have to, you know, make sure everything's good to go. So that could be part of it, but that kind of stuff bugs me unless it's slangy and it's like, you know, uh, uh, like sort of purposely funny because it's slang and everything's sort of chopped up. I don't mind. Uh, but, but that kind of stuff is a little bit of a pet peeve for me too. Oh man. I mean, it really is. But again, at the same time, some of the smartest people that I know and work with are not great with grammar. Yeah. They're just like, they just like fuck up uh, yeah. all the time. And it's the same stuff over and over. I'm like, okay, this is just a thing you're never going to get, you mm -hmm. know? So I'll just like go in and, you know, fix it for you. But I'm not, I am no longer going to be like, oh, I'm better than you because mm -hmm. you got this wrong because you're also better than me at lots of other things. So, you know, it's a little bit of like a <sighs> brave new world, I guess. It is because sometimes I'm just like, I'd rather be like a total genius at like bigger picture stuff than like the nitty gritty, you know, like in a way. But then, you know, I, 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 sometimes I'm like, I wish I wasn't so organized and I was better at, you know, uh, executing my creative ideas, you know, like, yeah. So it's like, is it that important? I don't know. Right. Right. It, well, and it is, and it isn't, it is, <laughs> because it's, yeah, exactly. that's sort of, you know, my takeaway from the whole thing is like, I'm like, I'm going to kind of rethink some of the stuff because I used to, I used to consider myself on a very high ground. And I think it is important to know the difference between getting something right and getting something wrong, but also language is changing mm -hmm. and people are changing. And, you know, the point of all of this is very rapidly changing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be fluid in that sense. I think that's good that you're doing that, Sarah. It's good to be flexible, especially as we age, we get less flexible and it's harder to change. And, and, you know, but I, I think that with movies, like text, like on screen, something that's published online, I mean, I still think it's important to do it right. 100%. So this is something that you and I were chatting about earlier this week, and I don't know why it came up. Uh, we, were, we, we chat about a million things like throughout the week, so who knows? But and it doesn't <laughs> even matter. But I've been thinking a lot about... Um, you know, how music changes throughout your life and how it's, you know, important to you or it kind of comes in and out of your life in different ways. And you get 
really into like maybe an old band you hadn't listened to for 20 years and you get like a resurgence with like certain, you know, uh, singers and whatnot. Um, I, you know, it triggered this thought when you had mentioned, um, I think it was like an episode back where you were saying that you just would rather listen to a podcast. And I feel the same way. I think for me, especially right now, uh, a voice talking is more soothing than music. And that's not altogether, but like when I choose to listen to something, my first choice is to listen to Mark Maron's latest podcast or listen to Up First by NPR or um, listen to my audiobook um, because there's something really soothing about that. However, when I you know get in the car, I've got Sirius Radio, I've got all my channels programmed. I have a lot of 80s channels, a lot of other stuff. And like the other day, I, you know, a lot of, most of my music listening time is in the car because it's just there. It's just, it's like automatic. And I think part of it for me is that when, when I'm home, music isn't as automatic. I have a record player. I have like, you know, I can use my Alexa. I have ways I can listen to music, but I'm kind of lazy about it. But when it comes on the radio, like the other day, it was like I got in the car and like Sweet Child of Mine just started. I was like, uh, yeah, hell yeah. And of course, I'm totally. really into it. And then it goes into right, the cure. Yeah. And, and Well, it's, the, it's that whole like old school radio thing where you're like, yeah. it's not up to me. So if it happens when I'm in the car, I feel really special. Exactly. Like I don't really find the need to have Spotify right now because I sometimes I'm like, I want to listen to that Smith's album. And then I'm like, oh, how am I going to do that? Well, I'll just use my Alexa. But really, to, to take a step back, I was thinking about how you age and how music becomes more or less important to you. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff online about when you get older. I, like My dad, for example, was a huge music person. I mean, he had records playing uh, cool, good records. He had great taste when I was a kid. So into music. He had these huge speakers, great system doesn't care a lick about music anymore. I mean, he's in his seventies. Um, and so I find that really interesting and he, it's almost like irritating to have music on. He doesn't really want to listen to it. Um, but I used to be the person who people would ask for new music recs and I even hosted and produced like a bunch of music shows. I was really into it. I mean, with yeah, you, Sarah, yeah. even on shows that you were on with me. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And the other day I was in, iTunes and it was like scrolling artists, like new artists, and I didn't recognize any of them. And it just kind of blew me away. Um, but I find that one thing other than like 80s music and nostalgic music, because again, I'm not really venturing into the new music territory because I think that younger people, it's more geared toward younger people anyway. Um, but one thing that has really opened up my world in music in the last couple years is film composers. Like Trent Reznor, for example, um, is someone who has done a lot more film scoring. I mean, I mean, he's like maybe like the best for, version of like what you're talking about, but the, he is one of the I best assume. for yeah. sure. And and I find that music, because there's not a lot of lyrics, and that might be part of it. There's not a lot of voice, it's usually more uh, atmospheric. Um, and uh I've been listening to that music at home, like on record and on even CD um, and online, uh, you know, on my Alexa or whatever. And I just kind of plug in the name of the composer, like composers that I really like their style. 
And I'm telling you, I can listen to it all day long. And I, it gives, it's like, it, there is a totally different world that I have accessed. Like giving you a mood. Exactly. Rather than, you know, like, like filling your head with like lyrics and, you know, kind of like pop culture exactly. stuff. And it's, there's something, there's a soothingness about it. And it, it it's an, it, it takes you uh, on a kind of an adventure, washes over you kind of thing. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to let you guys in on five composers that have really kind of rocked my world in the last few years. And this is only five. There's tons more, but these are the ones that really speak to me. Um, I have a huge girl crush on this Micah Levy. Um, she also goes by the name of Mikachu. She's British. She uh, scored Under the Skin by Jonathan Glazer, which was that kind of science fiction movie by that music video. Oh, movie. Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. One of my favorite movies. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah. So good. And and the score, I mean, honestly, it's like one of the, the coolest scores ever. Um, it just gives you, it's kind of an otherworldly kind of thing. Um, she also did a movie called Monos, which a lot of people haven't seen. I saw it in the theater in Los Angeles last year. Um, really highly recommend it. It's it's a little harrowing about kids with guns in a jungle uh, kind of thing, but she also scored oh, that. It's uh. the score's incredible. It's worth watching just for that. Maybe you, you know, shut your eyes. I don't know. Uh, Johan <laughs> Johansson, who's Icelandic. I happen to have five different people from five different places in the world, which I thought was pretty cool. It just happened to be that way. So the last, so, so Michael Levy's from uh, London, and then we've got uh, Johan Johansson from Iceland. Um, he, I've talked about him on the show. Um, when I talked about the movie Mandy uh, with Nicolas Cage, one of my favorite movies, but uh, he is incredible. He scored Mandy, Sicario, if you've seen that, Arrival, which is that sci-fi movie with Amy Adams. He also was a consultant on the movie Mother, the Aronofsky. Oh, I hate that movie. I know you hated that. <laughs> hate that movie, but I didn't hate the music. So, you know. Well, he passed around the time Mandy was made. Um, so uh, it's unfortunate because he passed it. He was in his 40s. Um, really sad because he was a really uh, talented guy. Ennio uh, Morricone is very prolific. He's an Italian composer. He's done everything from Polanski, Brian De Palma, John Carpenter, Lucio Fulci, you know, he, he scored The Thing with John Carpenter. He He's actually, the reason why I'm really into him right now is he's done a lot of those Giallo movies. Um, ones that I've seen recently, Who Saw Her Die, um, What Have You Done to Solange? And this is not Solange Knowles, uh, Beyonce's uh, sister, <laughs> um, a different Solange, but he, his stuff is incredible. I, I highly recommend you checking him out. Um, he's done a lot, of, a lot of stuff. And then number four is Alexandre uh, Desplat. He's French. And he's done tons of uh, Wes Anderson, um, a lot of other stuff, but he's French. Um, he did the Grand Budapest Hotel, Moonrise Kingdom. Very playful, mm -hmm. charming, brilliant guy. Um, I'm sure you'd recognize a lot of stuff. We used to actually see him uh, in our neighborhood in Los Angeles, and I, we, I used to just be like very excited when like, I see him. Hi, I like your music. I like your music. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. so <hot. laughs> Finally, and this is just, you know, he's not doing much anymore, but John Carpenter. I'm a huge John Carpenter fan. He um, obviously directed Halloween. He's an, he's an American. He did the score for Halloween, which is like one of the most prominent scores. You all know it. But he did all of his other he, – he scored a lot of his own movies. The Fog, I love, Christine, Assault on Precinct 13, um, Halloween 3 season of The Witch has a really cool theme. 
Um, anyway, so while you guys are quarantining for however long this is going to last, <laughs> here's another thing for you guys to um, to check out and be entertained by. So please let me know. I want to know if you guys are into uh, composers and who you're into. Um, please email us at hi at have such a good day.com. Please do. You know, it's funny, Heather, that you mentioned in passing, Carrie, um, I woke up in the middle of the night uh, a few nights ago and, you know, like I had to pee, whatever. And I like, there was just like something weird going on where I was like, I felt like I was in the movie Carrie. And wow, why? Because like I like I was peeing and you know like I don't know like there's liquid and you know whatever. <laughs> and and like I and I was like it was 4 in the morning and I was asleep and I was just like I just want to go back to sleep. But I but I did think to myself like I want to talk to Heather about this later. <laughs> Cuz like this is like like a bizarre thing that I'm thinking of right now. Oh, you know? it's totally my jam. You know me so well. Yeah. Yeah, as as I'm awake for like 5 minutes right now, you know, <laughs> in the middle of the night. Like I'm like this is like we should talk about Carrie. I love it. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I I can't tell you how much inspiration I get from and it's not just the the standard uh inspiration from horror movies. But like, for example, The Fog is a great Carpenter movie that I, I'd seen when I was a kid or something. And I rewatched it. So many good rewatches uh, I've been uh, experiencing lately. One of my favorite John Carpenter movies is Christine. I love that is one of my favorites. Oh, God. And that score is so incredible. Highly recommend a rewatch. Being an adult watching that stuff is way different than being a teenager. I'm telling you. Yeah, no kidding. So Heather, how can people support us? Well, if you go to patreon.com slash have such a good day, we've missed you guys. We haven't seen a lot of activity. We have been posting a few little videos here and there and we would love to have more of you join us. It's very easy to join. We have three really low-end tiers that offer a variety of little perks. Um, and it's a one at $1 level, $5 level, $10 level. Anything that you can you can do to support our ad-free community. And uh, so, so come check us out. We're also on any podcast app that uh, you can imagine. If we're not, please let us know. And we'll try to get on it um, because we'll get we're on platforms it. now. Exactamond. Yes. Patreon.com slash have such a good day. Check it out. Um, and thank you to everybody who supports us. We really appreciate it. Well, Heather, I think we're uh, we're wrapping this. We're wrapping this bag up. <laughs> we're going to wrap, wrap, wrap. That's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap, wrap, wrap. Before we go, I because I was thinking about... Um, like memories and music mm -hmm. and the fact that like I also like I have a hard time with music right now like I I get jittery I'm like I don't want to listen to this I I want to listen to like people talking even about rap. like stuff stuff even rap yeah mm, I know changing I know I really am <laughs> however um someone um mentioned the Alan Parsons project to me interesting um uh, right, right. Which is um, and and the the song that they meant was "Eye on the Sky," which, if you're of a certain age, you would know that song. It's like from like the like early '80s. Mm -hmm. So you know, "Eye in the Sky." Oh yeah, looking at you. Mm -hmm. You know, but like I I 
I listened to it today and I was like, this actually gave me some joy. Oh, 100%. so, you know, yeah, like yeah, I'm going to get back to the music now. Maybe I'm one of those ladies that just like listens to like old shit, you know, and that's fine. Something so soothing about the nostalgia of music and the muscle memory of like knowing the lyrics and you're like, whoa, like I'll start singing and I'll be like, I didn't even know I knew those lyrics like of some like, right. like <laughs> right. Brian Adams song or something. I'm like embarrassed that I'm like yeah. singing this thing. You're like, I know literally every lyric <laughs> of this song. Like, whoa, wow. Yeah. No, that's how I felt about this. Ellen Parsons, like no, no shade, mm-hmm. but like, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't even remember like liking that band. And I'm like, oh, I know that song. It's one of my favorite songs ever. Oh, yeah. And honestly, <laughs> I really think a lot of this has to do with just habit. And you get into these habits and you forget what it's like to dance and to listen to cool music. And it's like, then when you put it on and you have, you take the time to do it, you're like, oh, I miss this. And you kind of get back into the groove. So I think it's just habit forming, you know, like anything. Anyway, on that note, we would like you guys to create a habit of listening to us every week. We really would. We really would. We really appreciate it. Um, thanks to everybody who listens who spreads the word um who subscribes we'd love to know what your favorite you know podcatcher is so that we know how you're you know finding the show but man we are just very thankful and we're so happy to do this with you every week we are i look forward to it so you guys stay safe and join us on discord and we love you and we'll see you very soon Have such a good day. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.